Haggard Saint Antoine had had only one exultant week, in which to soften his modicum of hard and bitter bread to such extent as he could, with a relish of fraternal embraces and congratulations, when Madame Defarge sat at her counter as usual, presiding over the customers. Madame Defarge wore no rose in her head, for the great brotherhood of spies had become, even in one short week, extremely chary of trusting themselves to the saints' mercies. The lamps across his streets had a portentously elastic swing with them. Madame Defarge, with her arms folded, sat in the morning light and heat, contemplating the wine-shop and the street. In both there were several knots of loungers, squalid and miserable, but now with a manifest sense of power enthroned on their distress. The raggedest nightcap, awry on the wretchedest head, had this crooked significance in it. I know how hard it has grown for me, the wearer of this, to support life in myself. But do you know how easy it has grown for me, the wearer of this, to destroy life in you? Every lean bare arm that had been without work before had this work always ready for it now, that it could strike. The fingers of the knitting women were vicious, with the experience that they could tear. There was a change in the appearance of Saint Antoine. The image had been hammering into this for hundreds of years and the last finishing blows had told mightily on the expression. Madame Defarge sat observing it, with such suppressed approval as was to be desired in the leader of the St. Antoine women. One of her sisterhood knitted beside her, the short, rather plump wife of a starved grocer, and the mother of two children withal. This lieutenant had already earned the complimentary name of The Vengeance. Hark, said The Vengeance, listen then, who comes? As if a train of powder laid from the outermost bound of the St. Antoine quarter to the wine-shop door had been suddenly fired, a fast-spreading murmur came rushing along. "'It is Defarge,' said Madame. "'Silence, patriots!' Defarge came in breathless, pulled off a red cap he wore, and looked around him. "'Listen everywhere,' said Madame again. "'Listen to him!' Defarge stood panting against the background of eager eyes and open mouths, formed outside the door. All those within the wine-shop had sprung to their feet. "'Say then, my husband, what is it?' "'Yours from the other world.' "'How oh, then?' cried Madame contemptuously. "'The other world?' "'Does everybody here recall old Foulon, "'who told the famished people that they might eat glass, "'and who died and went to hell?' "'Everybody,' from all throats. "'The news is of him. He is among us.' "'Among us!' from the universal throat again. And dead? Not dead. He feared us so much, and with reason, that he caused himself to be represented as dead, and had a grand mock funeral. But they have found him alive, hiding in the country, and have brought him in. I have seen him but now, on his way to the Hôtel de Ville, a prisoner. I have said that he had reason to fear us. Say all. Had he reason? Wretched old sinner of more than threescore years and ten, if he had never known it yet, he would have known it in the heart of his hearts if he could have heard the answering cry. A moment of profound silence followed. Defarge and his wife looked steadfastly at one another. The vengeance stooped, and the jar of a drum was heard as she moved it at her feet behind the counter. "'Patriots!' said Defarge in a determined voice. "'Are we ready?' Instantly Madame Defarge's knife was in her girdle. The drum was beating in the streets as if it and a drummer had flown together by magic, and the vengeance, uttering terrific shrieks and flinging her arms about her head like all the forty furies at once, was tearing from house to house, rousing the women. 
The men were terrible. In the bloody-minded anger with which they looked from windows, caught up what arms they had, and came pouring down into the streets. But the women were a sight to chill the boldest. From such household occupations as their bare poverty yielded, from their children, from their aged and their sick crouching on the bare ground, famished and naked, they ran out with streaming hair, urging one another and themselves to madness with the wildest cries and actions. Villain Foulon taken my sister! Old Foulon taken my mother! Miscreant Foulon taken my daughter! Then a score of others ran into the midst of these, beating their breasts, tearing their hair, and screaming, Foulon alive! Foulon who told the starving people that